Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Well, the middle of the week is upon us again, and we are bringing our portion of the study on Scripture to a close with this episode. And I'll just let our listeners know, we'll kind of recap uh, next week uh, in regards to kind of the bigger picture of what we've been covering here. But needless to say, we're going to bring our portion and our series on Scripture to a close today. Well, at least we hope we are. I, th- I think we'll be able to get through all we of this. Should. <laughs> right. That's the goal, the plan. Lord willing, we we'll, shall see. We'll, we will complete it to, uh, during this episode. Um, but we we want to kind of – well, maybe I should go back to what I said last week, and that is we're dealing with some of the more weightier ground foundational elements after everything else we've already covered. And that's typically kind of backwards. Most time you want to do the foundation first. But I think we've done it in that way just because we see the need to kind of bring these things and tie it all together so people understand why we think the way we think. Well, let's get real. What really happens is you and I work full-time jobs. You burn both ends of the candle. <laughs> and so it just sometimes it doesn't come Sometimes it doesn't always come in the order as it <laughs> yeah. should. But I think it's working out just fine. Yeah, yeah. So no, but we can what be you honest, say as, yes. a, as a measure of truth yes. as well. Yeah. So um, – Let's talk a minute about what we want to cover today. Um, we're talking about Scripture, and the issue today as we close is the infallibility and inerrancy of God's Word. Um, so, it's important. The minutia, it, or I should say it's minute in the difference between right. the two, but it's important, and we need to talk about the difference. So, what is the difference between infallibility and inerrancy? I should, we should say that if we were talking to a couple of guys like Al Mohler and John Frame, they might not say the differences are minute. Right. They might, but they are to most of us. I, it depends on the mind and how the person, how broad the person's theological spectrum is and all that sort of thing, but, and abilities are. But it, the, the difference is this, basically, in my mind. Uh, this is a very simple answer. Well, yeah, I, think I think it that, helps because the average listener is not wanting something that's going to be taking them into a theological survey. Right. Scripture yeah. is infallible means that it cannot err, or some people say err. It cannot err. It is, it is inf- it's not fallible. It's not capable of making an error, having an error. But in, inerrancy means it does not, it has not erred. Okay, so we have a we have scripture. Not only cannot it does not. It does not. Right. Yeah. So and the one results in the other. It's infallible. And we say that Christ was was infallible, and he was not able to sin. But not only was he not able to sin, he did not sin. Right. It was gall found in his right. mouth. So he actually uh, lived out what he was not supposed yes. to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, we when we say scripture is inerrant, we say, well, I'll tell you why it's inerrant because it's infallible. It's unable. Well, maybe you can ask like this. Is the difference between being and doing? I mean, you say we are, but then we actually don't. You see what I'm saying? Or maybe I'm I'm, I'm parsing a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the actual living out every day, the Word of God does not err. But if you look at, at human documents and human beings, not only are they, you can say of a human document, 
It is not infallible. Right. It is capable of error. Even great documents right. are not perfect. Not only that, if you look hard, you can find right. error. It, it so. does, in fact, have error. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, absolutely. Whether it's grammatical or whether it's thought process, whatever. whatever it might be, yeah. And it's conclusions or? Correct. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about infallibility and errancy. And the three points that are going to guide us today as we discuss these two, since now that we've distinguished between the two, is infallible author. So the infallible author or an infallible author, um, effective activity, and then transforming application. What about this idea of infallible author? I think we've touched on a little bit, but it's important as we talk about infallibility. Yeah, we'll re- we'll and quickly narrative. rehearse what we went through in our last couple of episodes, and that is this: that um, um, the, uh, we believe the author of Scripture to be God Himself. Right. We believe that He spoke the word; He used others to speak it. But it is as though it came across His vocal cords. It's this imagery that means it is His word; it is not man's word, and. There are two aspects of that, There is, and two ways in which we see that. We see the work of the Spirit inspiring the Word, which was much of what we talked about the last right. couple of times. The work of the, um, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture, every Scripture, is God-breathed. So the Spirit of God inspired it. Now, by inspired, that's just Through what we human mean. authors. Inspired to human authors, he inspired the very words. So we believe... As evangelical Christians who hold to an evangelical view of Scripture and to an inerrant Scripture, we believe that the author is God, his spirit inspired it, and it is therefore infallible. But not only that, is it the work of the spirit inspiring the word, but there's the work of the spirit imparting the word. He not only inspired it, but he imparted it. We do not have a mechanical theory of inspiration. We have a, we have a belief that the Spirit of God, as Second Peter, one twenty one tells us, these writers were born along by the Holy Spirit. And we see through the things we said. If somebody wants to go back and listen to the last two podcasts, just to refresh their memory. We see the work of the Spirit imparting to prophets and apostles and even kings uh, the Word of God. The truth of God. So because that that is a front-end issue. If we believe in infallibility, if we believe we have an inerrant word, we have a word that cannot and has not erred, then we, we attribute that to the author himself, which is God himself. So I'm going to ask it a little bit different, or I'm going to phrase it a little bit different. There's probably no way that this could be true, this idea of the Spirit inspiring the word, the Spirit imparting the word to us as believers in Christ. There's no way this could be true if it did have error or if it was fallible. Well, we certainly wouldn't have any – first of all, we wouldn't have any confidence that we would have an infallible word if it were not inspired by the Spirit and imparted by the Spirit. Second of all, if we believed – to put that the other way – if we believed that the Spirit did not do these things, we would have doubts about right. the veracity of the very word. Okay, it says that, but is that something we can depend on? We as evangelicals depend upon, utterly depend upon the truth, the veracity of Scripture. So in some ways, we're bringing it to a close here and talking about why it has to be this way. Because if it's not this way, then let's just forget it. Who cares? Let's Why turn, even read the Bible? Why live it? Talk. Yeah, yeah. Let's, 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 let's it. stop yeah. everything we're doing. Yeah. This whole church thing. Do the best we can to yeah. make a living and make money. And, and then move on. Yeah. Die and, yeah. and whatever. If in this life only, as Paul said, we have hope in Jesus Christ. We are of all men most to be pitied. We are of all men most miserable. And if this 
if this is not so, then let's forget it. Well, and I think this goes against the grain of culture as we know it. And, and, and I'm talking about current culture. Right. In this idea that nothing is really true. Nothing's N- definable. None is, nothing's definable, mm-hmm. exactly. So, so therefore, this idea of infallibility and errancy goes against the grain, so much so that it, it, it's a little bit painful because people are like, no, 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 that's not true. And, and the problem is within Christendom, that's beginning to happen now, which mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, why waste your time? I hear about churches who are giving in to their convictions and mm-hmm. not following their convictions, mm-hmm. whatever those might be. And I'm going, why are you wasting your time? It's right. not worth we have, it. We have so-called Christian schools, so-called, at least at one time, evangelical schools now caving to the culture and saying, oh, no, we can we can go this far. Well, how far will you go the next time? Right. And now, once you've gone there, you'll never go back. Yeah. So what we have to say, no, we're not going there. We believe truth is definable. Truth is what it is. It is true, and it's, it is reliable. And, it, and so you go back to what the author who wrote the, the hymn, How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent more. What more can be said right. than to you he has said, to you who for refuge to Jesus hath fled? That says it. That sums up the whole thing right there. And therefore it has implications for your life. It does. Yeah. Okay, so moving on here, we talked about the infallible author, the Spirit of God. Now we talk about Effective activity. It's infallible author. It's effective activity. That to me is what Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve, and following, all about. Um, most of us are familiar if we've studied our Bibles very much. And I, and I say this just as I thought of it a moment ago. It came back to me. If you want to be a thinking Christian, these things matter. Mm-hmm. These are not pinhead. How many angels can dance on the head right. of a pin? issues. These are ultimate issues when it comes to the Word of God. And so Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and following uh, says um, that the Scripture is living, the Word of God is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the vine and sunder of soul and spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Wow. That's I think we can quote that real fast and not get it, but what we see here is that it's spiritually living. In the first place, it is living. That doesn't mean it breathes and it has blood and flesh like we do. No, it's spiritually living, and and that is different. Spiritual life. There are two different words in Scripture for life. One is the word from which we derive the word biology, bios. The other is the word from which we derive the word zoology, zoos. So bios is is physical life. But when the Scripture speaks of spiritual life, it uses the word zoe. Or, and you know, some people use that as a name for a child, especially a girl mm-hmm. sometimes. Zoas is spiritual life. And that's what – it's living. It is functioning. It is active. It is – and it imparts life. But we're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God. It mm-hmm. begets Life, spiritual life. So it's, it's living. That's one thing. Uh, the other thing is, is that it's, it's spiritual ability. It is powerful. That has to do with this, the Scripture's ability to accomplish the ends to which it, for which it was sent. So, so the Word of God accomplishes the will of God. 
It's not as though you know, that's the thing about this view of of God and salvation and how God acts upon men to bring them to Himself. That just kind of oh well, God just kind of throws it out there. We don't believe that about creation. Most of us don't. Right. While we believe it about salvation, God accomplishes His will through His Word. It is powerful, effectively, and effectual. Effectual, yeah. Uh, we said effective. The older writers would say effectual. The the. the I always struggle with that effective, effective. <laughs> but it's, yeah. Yeah. So the ability, the Word of God has infallible ability. It accomplishes its purpose. There are other passages, uh, but we don't. We won't go there right now. The other is it is, it is spiritually irresistible, spiritual irresistibility. Now notice the, the, the language used. It is quick, powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. The imagery there would have been clear for those people of that day. A two-edged sword, a sword that cuts on both sides, going both ways. It, 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 what's more effective in battle than a sword that will cut well, cut through, destroy uh, the enemy? And it, uh, piercing, even to the dividing apart, asunder of soul and spirit, as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. This is spiritual irresistibility. I think, and people are like, why are you going through this? Well, these, what we're talking about in point two here, effective activity, cannot be divorced from infallibility and errancy because if there is error, then it's not effective. Right. It's not active. It's not working. It cannot it's not changing. be said to be effective all the time. It doesn't have the power that we say it has. Yes. So I think that's why we bring these two together to help our listeners kind of connect those dots is that again if you destroy this idea of of the scriptures not having error or cannot have error then you cannot move to the application part which is what we're talking about right now right you can't do that and so i i think people go oh you're just splitting hairs you're moving on no this is not splitting hairs this is important this is asking, the what kind of God do we have? What kind of word from him do we have? What kind of gospel do we right. have? These are important questions. Well, I'm just going to say this over the centuries, millennia, people have erred so greatly because they would not stand firm upon this, tr- this truth, yes. this understanding of Scripture. If you go here, you're gone. Yeah. And uh, history is replete with it. I, can't, I don't have time to go yeah. through all the historical evidence, if you will, of Going this. down the road against this is not just a slippery slope. It's a waterfall. And see, it's and a he, Niagara Falls. And see, here's the problem. You, you, Some people look at church and they go, ah, oh, but they just have so many issues and so many problems. Yeah. True. You know why? <laughs> because they're sinners. Mm-hmm. And sinners do bad things. They also do this, and they move away from mm-hmm. this, this mm-hmm. idea that the Scripture is true and right. Mm-hmm. So the, really the issue is the person, not the truth. Right. Yeah, what we want is to define the immovable, yep. the rock. And there are two, Christ, the living word, Scripture, the written word. Absolutely. All right, so moving on to the third point here. Um, as our time slips away with us so fast. Uh, and the next one is transforming application. I feel like we've already been doing that a little bit, but we're going to touch on this idea of application even deeper in regards to infallibility and inerrancy. What do we mean by this? Well, when you look at the passage that we would say is the classic passage on inspiration, 
where uh, Paul says to Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, is God breathed. The passage, the verse just before that verse, verse 15, the verses, he talks about Timothy being raised right with the scriptures, and that from a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise into salvation. And then he says the scriptures are profitable for doctrine, proof, correction, for instruction, and righteousness. So what we see there is sort of a three-part explanation of the infallibility of scripture one is it's um uh it's transforming application for salvation that from a child you have known the holy scriptures which were able to make you wise to salvation we see this in romans 116 this i am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god, god. to salvation yes. to everyone who, to all who believe it is the power of God. The gospel itself is the power. It makes the application. The Spirit of God makes the application using the Word of God to the soul of man, to the soul of a sinner. And so, and whoever believes on him will not be disappointed. So there's that, this aspect of application for salvation, and then application for sanctification. So Paul says to Timothy, all Scripture is inspired, God breathed, and is profitable for doctrine, teaching, sound doctrine, reproof. He even talks about, in, in another place in Timothy, there's going to come a time when they will not endure sound doctrine. Right. Well, what's sound? Sound is whole, complete. It doesn't have error. Yeah. <laughs> it's unblemished right. do- teaching for, for, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. This is sanctification. We do not have a fallible word that's, that says to us things that cannot that are not true and cannot be applied. It is without error. It is infallibly true for us as believers to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus for our sanctification. And then uh, it is um, a transforming application for service that the man of God may be perfect or complete or um, thoroughly furnished, completely furnished, have everything he needs for every good work. Now he's talking specifically about Timothy and the preacher or the teacher or the bishop or the elder or pastor. But that's true for every man or woman of God. It gives us all we need to be all we're supposed to be. Peter says he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. What's this knowledge we have? It's from Scripture who has called us to glory and virtue. So here we have Paul saying our service is affected by the very truth of scripture and it's infallibly so it's now we may mess it up we certainly do right but it's yeah, we're, the, we're not infallible but by any ma- exactly, stretch of the imagination scriptures give us what we need and the spirit helps us to apply it you know i i think about the everyday person who's seeking to live their life for christ and if you have not laid hold of these two aspects of scripture the infallibility, the inerrancy, as we said, one cannot, it cannot err or, or it can, does not err, then you're going to struggle. I'm, I'm getting very practical here. You know, this is a theological concept, theological, but let's bring it down to application. You're going to struggle in your service to God and to those around you. Yes. Because what's going to happen is, is you're going to be easily swayed or you're going to have an experience and you're going to override scripture by experience. And, and I, th- I see this happen so many times. When we don't realize that the word of God is all we need, it is complete, as we've already talked about. 
You don't add to it. You don't take away. God speaks through his word. You're going to struggle. Paul says it this way. Tossed about by every wind of doctrine, Mm -hmm. every wind of teaching. The picture there is of a ship sitting in the ocean, not attached to a sure rock, a sure anchor. And so when the winds come and the waves get big, it can go anywhere. So what? We are attached to the anchor. My hope is built on nothing less than this, Jesus' blood and righteousness, which is revealed in Scripture. This is our anchor. This is our truth. And people, when institutions and churches whatnot move away from Scripture and, and people go, how did this happen? This right here. That's it. This is it. This is how it happened. Some, a step was taken. And, yeah. and it happened a long time ago. The yeah. seeds were sowed a long time ago. Yeah. They didn't happen it, overnight, it and all of a sudden they made a decision. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The step away from the anchor of Scripture is a step toward destruction. Absolutely. Well, this has been good. This whole idea and concepts of Scripture, I think, has been good for our listeners. I think it's foundational for passing on the faith to the next generation, if you will. We talk about that all the time. And hey, by the way, yeah. we're going to be spending several days speaking on these issues at P4C this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. October 28th to the 31st, putting a calendar. Registration opens June 1st, by the way. So those listening, opens June 1st. Tell your friends if you're in that category for yeah. young young adults, young single young Christian adults. Going to have some good fellowship around these Absolutely. But we're looking forward to studying this issue of Scripture and discussing these issues. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for being with us as we talk about these issues of Scripture. Be sure to join us next week. We look forward to seeing you. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter, at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond.